You're listening to Wholehearted, a soul sister conversation. You're here with healer and intuitive Donna Lee Winan, life coach Prue Sulisich, and women's empowerment artist Tanya Marie Reeves. Together we are navigating life on purpose. We're pushing boundaries, being imperfect and unstoppable. Join in the conversation by being a part of the Facebook group and connect with your own soul sisters. We are here to inspire and encourage you to live fully into your own life, to be the compassionate observer of your thoughts and feelings, and to make a conscious choice to change what is in your power to change. We are so happy to have you here. Welcome to Wholehearted. Hello, welcome. Hi. And today we have a special guest, Dr. Libby Rosner, and so we'll just let her say hello. <laughs> hello there, all of you. Lovely to meet all three of you. Yes, you too. Everyone else. Beautiful. Okay, so Dr. Libby Rosner is an authentic, courageous and committed rural woman and entrepreneur. With a diverse range of roles and expertise, she has made a significant impact in various fields. From agricultural soil scientist to farmer, land care coordinator to TAFE teacher, bookkeeper to graphic designer, data analyst, analysis to author, virtual assistant to entrepreneur and business coach. Libby's journey has been one of continuous reinvention and that was part of the reason I wanted her to be here, one of our guests. Originally from Sydney, Libby was drawn to the country life and pursued university studies in agricultural science. She spent, she spent over two decades living in the remote rural community of Condoblin, New South Wales, managing an intensive farm business and leading agricultural research and environmental education initiatives. In recognition of her dedication, she was bestowed, bestowed the 2019 Australia Day Award for the Environment. In 2020, the COVID pandemic brought another transition for Libby and her family who embarked on a new chapter, selling their farm to travel in a caravan and eventually settling in Harvey Bay, Queensland. Guided by her entrepreneurial spirit and with her, the support of the Rural Woman, which is an organisation that I'm part of as well, Libby co-founded the Virtual Kui, a pioneering platform connecting talented rural and regional women with businesses as virtual assistants. Her vision is to empower these women to flourish. Um, become their own bosses and achieve financial independence, regardless of ge geographical limitations. Today, Libby is here. Her topic is empowering rural women to flourish in the virtual world, exploring the transformative power of the virtual world in empowering rural women to overcome geographic limitations and flourish, fostering entrepreneurial ventures, personal growth, and gaining financial independence. I welcome Dr. Libby Rosner. Oh, wow. what Thank an intro. Well. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I didn't think it was going to end. <laughs> You've done so many things. It's, it's actually, yeah, I'm already inspired because as a person that has also done lots of things and hasn't just stayed in one lane and just stuck with it, yeah, it's inspiring to hear and speak to another woman that is yeah chasing your dreams and like going after what what sounds to me like your heart's calling so yeah I'm really excited for this conversation 
Thank you, Prue. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey. And we only just had an exercise just recently in another group talking about our whole our life's journey, but I started documenting a lot of this and it was, yeah, it was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> so I can subtly see what you mean. But it, it doesn't start that way. It doesn't ever intend to be that way. It just sort of over the years you change course. And, and in my situation, which is I guess how I ended up where I am, is it was sort of forced on me through being stuck in a very remote environment and um, not having opportunities. So I'd done studies in soils, soil science and agricultural science, which is how I ended up getting a very short-term government contract in the bush, in this little town, which I thought was only like a 12-month contract, but ended up having to, in the then like the Department of Agriculture, DPI now, um, had to write grants to further your work. So you, I was only on a short-term contract, but you applied for grants to get more, more work. So I ended up reinventing like new new research work that I was doing as a scientist. But I got to a point where that stopped. And then as a, I had a PhD in soil physics and there's not many jobs in a small rural town for someone other than what I was doing with the qualifications. But in the meantime, I met my cowboy boyfriend slash husband and been married and had had little babies and I wasn't going anywhere else so I had to find another hat that fit <laughs> in a small town so yeah so have you always been like that Libby have you always been um being able to like when something when something ends and you're able to find new direction is that part of your personality I think it has become, I wouldn't say that's how I'd always been. I would have, as a child and a young person growing up, I would have been very unsure about what I wanted to do and yet been able to, um, I was always willing to try things, put it that way. I've, I've never sort of shied away. Even when I finished school and wasn't sure what I wanted to do, I think I jumped into agricultural science, which was not what I'd studied at school at all. Um, and that was something that I just loved because it was new and it was exciting and it was things I was learning and just constantly had that passion for learning and just, uh, yeah, I, I fell into it. As a city girl, we walked, our first lecture in, in agricultural science at the Sydney Uni was, right, there's two types of people sitting here in the audience. One there's, thinks that there's only one type of weather and another thinks, knows that there's two types of weather. One being a castrated male sheep, for those who don't know, and the other stuff in the sky. So I was one of the ones that, of course, had no clue about sheep. So two weathers, what? <laughs> So, yeah, I love that. Very much came from that. My um, when you were, I was listening to your bio, and it's like, okay, born in Sydney, and went, yeah, interested in farming, and has have gone into soil, yeah, science of soil, and I'm like, how did that even come to be? <laughs> Yeah, were you always intrigued with farming yeah, or as a kid or anything? I loved the country, loved, loved lifestyle. We had a little family block in, in Oberon, in Chile Oberon in New South Wales, and um, it wasn't so much a, a farm going concerned, although we tried to make it one, It was, but it was just that escape out of the city and going to the bush that always drew me there. We had the house there and, and we tried to grow trees, but not very successfully, like chestnut trees and nut trees, but they had droughts that, that that didn't quite happen but yeah yeah so I just loved getting out of the city and doing the whole bush thing so I think that was part of that journey but yeah that made <laughs> that a little much. taste of it yeah so you yeah. see what the taste like because yeah let's be honest the there's two sides of you know bush life there's that beautiful peace you know freedom that you have and it is also very isolating which is 
where you've headed into your new business with the virtual QE kind of supporting women. Is it just women or are you supporting people? But um, I just see that that the idea of being a virtual assistant, which is basically just being able to provide support to someone online. So you can't chop hair or make cups of tea for people or be a barista, but you certainly can do so many. Admin comes to mind as the most typical one people think of, but there's really there's so much you can do online, including counselling or, or support, tech support, um, writing, spreadsheet analysis like a lot of the stuff that I do I help people with business plans and there's just so many such a range of things it's not just admin that people can do and if you can I've got a, a client who's a um a interior designer and she can do that she says send photos and I'll do that and she'll send you fake photos of it so it's all done without physically being in the room with mm. someone so and rural women and people who are isolated I think of rural women but rural and regional women anyone who's in a spot where there are there isn't decent employment just down the road that you can go to have are really stuck because they they they're only limited positions that they can do and if you think of the typical traveling professions of being a teacher or being a a um, nurse or you know the, all the ones that can can pick up and move their their careers around there's a, so many careers now that aren't like that and if you're not employed by a big corporation or a big employer then and they don't exist in your town then you've really got to move as everyone has metro to find those jobs yeah. yeah and i just wanted to add that that rural women women it's not just living on a property like we are in remote rural cities so um you know cities that are in like broken hill you've got dubbo you've got condoblin you've got coonabarabran and then all places all over australia I think sometimes the terminology of a rural woman is just like sheep and cattle, and it's not. It's a vaster a range of that. So you can give us a bit of, in your experience, what you um, interpret from that and what you've seen as um, what covers the rural area or the rural woman in the organisations that you've been involved with. Yeah, so well, having studied agriculture, rural to me obviously has that strong connection to agriculture. But in my virtual, uh, in the virtual Kui, my business, it's it's more about anyone who's sort of out of metro or who's a bit isolated. So it's not just rural; it's rural and regional. A lot of I don't know if you're in in like you were saying, Donna, about the in city girls and and the farm girls, sort of the townies and the and the farm girls, but they're all rural if they're in a rural town that's surrounded by agriculture or if they're remote, they could be more more remote, but it's all sort of regional and as far as like councils and support that's given, it's always, um, yeah, it's not it's not it's just not the same and the populations aren't big enough to warrant a lot of that sort of employment and support. So, yeah, you can define it however you want. And another thing, which is funny when you were just saying that, I'm thinking um, it's in your heart. So I know so many people in the city who consider themselves rural women. I came from the bush. I was born in the bush. I live here now. But yeah, yeah. while I'm a bit opposite to that, I still so much am a rural woman because I've just spent time there and can totally relate to what it's like. And yet, like even I find the people that chat to you and they're like, oh, I used to live in the bush. My dad grew up in the bush. We used to pick up hay. We used to do this. And I don't know, there's just those sort of people come out of the woodwork and often got amazing positions and jobs. Of, mm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people I find dismiss rural women and country, or not just women, but rural people as being perhaps not as well-educated or not as intelligent. I don't know, but there's this, this perception that you're going to get a lower 
version of what you could get in the city, like the higher education. But I just find that so not true. We've got women that are all leaving the rural areas to get university degrees, to either come back to the bush or are forced to go to metro or go to capital cities because they can't get what they want to do with their careers. So... I had the. I'm in part. I'm part of this great networking group, and there's a guy in there who's a uh, financial planner, and he got up the other day and he was saying he was giving some stats about what what industries are the best at financial planning and who are doing the best and everything. And he said rural people. He said agricultural people are the best businessmen and women. Mm-hmm. He's like they know how to run businesses and possibly from adversity they know well (laughs) and from years of you know droughts and having to deal with things outside of their control has made them really great at business and I thought that was really interesting I get it like I understand that part but hearing that there's actually stats associated with that I was like incredible makes sense yeah yeah I've heard stats where they say a lot of the CEOs of the biggest companies in uh, uh, rural come from the country, people who come from the country, because they just have that resourcefulness. They yeah. can make things happen and they can think outside boxes and they have that risk adverseness. Like they they know things don't always go for plan. You can't just put out a plan and follow it along because it never works like that in the bush. Yeah. So why would it happen in any other business? So, yeah, they've got that resilience and ability to think outside. I think it's really strong because it's just part of the, like, yeah, even as a child, I, my children grew up in the bush and they just think so differently to the townies. I've moved to Harvey Bay now, so I'm in, I'm, I'm in the big metro area right now, basically for my kids' education. But, I um, yeah, I can just see such a difference in, in the way they think. So, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. No, it's almost like you want every city person to have spend some time out in regional areas so they get an idea about what life is like the contrast like I'm very thankful that I grew up in Broken Hill like very very thankful and I also did work out in the bush in the remote areas and so I have I have both sides I can see both sides you know of life when it comes to that and I feel very grateful that I've done that because not many people do not many people that grow up in Sydney ever leave Sydney and they just yeah. they don't understand it. And yeah, I wish I wish there was like a program to send all the kids out. <laughs> I think that works the opposite way around as well. Like a lot of people yeah. who grow up in the bush never leave the bush either. And yeah, I think um for me, like I'm thinking that's so amazing that you've come in and you've you've been there in both in both and you've seen the disadvantages out here where I think a lot of us grow up and we dismiss ourselves because we don't, we just take the the disadvantages at face value. They're just there. It's just things you have to deal with. And I don't think a lot of people actually move past that and seek other options whereas you can you you're coming in from the city with these bigger ideas and more opportunities and at your disposal and coming out here and thinking what the fuck we need to change this and and then can start teaching women out here who have perhaps been not realizing what's out there and showing them more 
It's not that I'm trying to show them something that they didn't have before. I'm just, like you said, the things I take for granted, like commuting or just having certain shops available or certain employment opportunities available. And just and that commuting, especially if you're a mother and you've got kids at school, it's like how can you fit in a nine-to-five job if you've got to pick them up and you've got a 50-minute drive home and still fit your shopping in? And like it's just it's – just and if you've got small kids or you've got parents that you need to care for or a lot of um, rural women would have like farm commitments where they have to feed the shearers and prepare – move the tractors over harvest time. Like and they're serious commitments. They're not just flippant things. These are absolutely mm-hmm. essential parts, roles that they play in their farm business. And, um, yeah, they, they just can't fit into some sort of regular employment system often. They have to be flexible. And that doesn't exist. Or they get some part-time job that they can get a few hours of, I don't know, tuck shop duty or, you know, wherever they can fit it in, work at the local cafe just to make, make ends meet to feel like they're supporting. And yet these people could be, these women could be, or anyone for that matter, could be just really highly skilled but just have to have that flexibility. And women are, of course, as you all understand, requiring that flexibility more and more and and expecting it more in an employment situation mm-hmm. and i think with covid we've really seen a huge um, boom in the people wanting to work from home and being able to have that flexibility of hours because they might be able to work from 6 to 10 p.m but they can't work from you know middle of the day or you know they might have perfect opportunity to work at a time that suits them early in the morning but that won't suit their employer in the idea, in the sense of being a virtual assistant, in other words, being able to supply, maybe not the face-to-face, but definitely the work that needs to be done. So, say it was admin or reporting or writing or whatever it was, they can do that in their own time. You know, so yeah, to whatever scale suits them and book their own hours. Right. What What a fantastic opportunity for women to mm-hmm. to be able to set their own hours because I know myself I've still got two children at school and I've moved to the Gold Coast from Broken Hill because of yeah schooling for the kids and possible you know trade stuff and university that is closer by because I want to actually be near my kids when they go through that I don't want to just say goodbye from them and wave them off at the door in Broken Hill and not see them for 12 months and so my decision to move here was for that reason Yet if I was to get a job, like I work at home for myself, there's just no way. I just don't understand how it could happen. Like I've contemplated getting a job, <laughs> going out into the workforce, and I'm like, well, who would pick the children up? Who would make their lunches? Who would do all the things that are happening at home, which I have done the advantage of living in Broken Hill was I did all that when the kids were younger and still worked and had businesses, but the the accessibility of Broken Hill is so much smaller, so it's it was five minutes to everywhere, so it was possible. On the Gold Coast, not possible. Like, you know, everything's at least 25 minutes away, at least, you know, sometimes 45. Yeah. And I think, well, you know, just ducking home or ducking in to pick them up or drop them off or whatever, it's just not possible when you're in the city. And, yeah, so that's it's such an advantage for women to be able to work at home, to work the hours that are available to them. And in my opinion, most employers need to catch up about this flexibility because I have a lot of clients myself that are struggling to manage the the nine to five. That yeah, because and their employers are just not willing to budge on that. Yeah, yet they they've got such great expertise, yet the hours just don't can't don't work for the person. 
Mm, precisely. And, and as you said, once you become a mum, that just gets heightened or a carer of any sort if you're trying to care for some other people. It just makes yeah. it makes that so hard. And, yeah, and you didn't even consider parking. I was thinking in Gold Coast. <laughs> oh, parking. Parks. Um, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I think of. <laughs> it's not too bad here, but yeah, I know. It's not just even physically driving to the place or paying the tolls to get there, but also then trying to find and pay for a parking spot just to mm-hmm. be in the same room as someone. When look, we're we're on opposite sides of the of the country and we can just about, you know, have a we can have a live conversation and discuss something in detail. We could share our screen and point to the same document and discuss design options or, yeah. or or words or anything and we could do that all right here now without having to get our pajama pants off you know yeah. <laughs> it's amazing yeah or ugg boots as it turns out that i'm sitting in ugg boots <laughs> i have my slippers on too yeah absolutely so many times yeah. that i've come to the party all professional off the top and like relax down the bottom it's great <laughs> Yeah, precisely. I was just going to say the other thing is there's no regulation in the virtual assistant business. It, um, like you are, it's business to business. So everyone who's a virtual assistant is their own has has to get an ABN and is their own business. So any interaction you do with any other business that r- requires that help is a business to business interaction, and there's no regulation or awards or anything in the virtual assistant business so you set your own wage and you set your own value so you it's and the other thing that the business side has to consider is that you're you're not paying taxes you're not paying super it's not like a a, a wage that you'd pay to an employee like let's say you had a part-time employee it's completely different it's business to business and this person is going to invoice you for the hours that they work and that includes all their super their sick leave their all the things that they've had to do they're equipped you don't have to buy them a computer or software or or a chair or or, or toilet paper for the for the lose like there's all that stuff is included in the price and a lot of people think of offshoring when they think think of virtual assistance going overseas whereas having someone in your time zone speaking your language understanding your business like employing an australian person and particularly say you're in an agricultural business who often are very isolated as well and need that support then you can have someone who gets your business understands what's going on and can provide that support and you might only need them two hours a week, two hours a month. Mm. Like it's a it's a contract for the hours that or whatever time or job or project that you want them to do. The yeah. typical one would be like bookkeeping or something. Yeah. Yes. But it could be social media support or like there's so many options. Okay. I think Tanya and I have both had virtual assistants. Tanya, you had an offshore one. I had an Aussie girl. My experience was flawless. It was fantastic. What was yours like? Yeah, mine wasn't too bad um, because he kept hours for America. So it wasn't, there wasn't too much. And I was actually in Malta at the time. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So the hours wasn't too bad of a thing. But had I still been using him when I was in Australia, it would have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, and how did you find the services? Um, did they were they um, English speaking? Obviously, but sometimes you know people outsource to different other countries. It makes it harder to understand and not get your business practices. How did it go for you? Um, you know, the guy that I had was was pretty good. Um, he spoke very very well. 
Um, he mostly worked with Americans, um, and like I said, he was he used to sleep through his days and work through his nights to suit the hours of his clients. Um, but having said that, I I would way have rather someone in Australia mm. in my own time zone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As great as as great as he was, if um, if I had have had the choice financial financially, I would have definitely gone with a virtual assistant in Australia. Yes, yeah, I will definitely use another Aussie again, most probably the same person because they know me already. <laughs> but it was like for a project and then finish that project and then not need it anymore, which is great. That's the great thing about having a virtual assistant. Or I think Ash called herself an online business manager and it was great because you can just employ them for certain periods of time. It's a contracted, like we agreed on a monthly contract. There were so many hours she was doing a month. And I tell you what, because she's setting her own hours, that girl worked. Like she got some stuff done in those hours. While if you were an employee, and look, I'm going to be honest, and I've been an employee in a situation like that, you go to the job nine to five, you could literally do it in nine to 12 but you space it out and you're just sitting, you, you know, you're not as productive as you could be. So people like this, uh, they they have great work, work ethic. They really manage their time well. They're really focused and dedicated in getting the job done for you. So it beats an employee, in my opinion, like hands down. <laughs> yeah. And their expertise as well. Their expertise, yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're paying for someone who actually knows how to do, you don't have to train them up to how to do things. Yeah. I mean, you obviously want to make sure you're on the same page and get it, but you're relying on their expertise to get this job done. That's so, so it's amazing. But you're like, you can have them for a couple of hours a month. You don't yeah. need to have your minimum, you know, award two hours every time you employ them and you have to do so much per week and yeah, and I, I guess I get a bit frustrated with the offshoring thing when people say that the reason they're getting the offshoring thing is because of money, because really often it's it's harder and it's more difficult. Uh, people just see that as a cheap option, mm. whereas when you add the real time and they're explaining your business, so depending on how easy, simple or complicated your business is maybe, but, you know, all that all that lag in explanation, but even cultural differences can make a huge, huge difference to, like, um, how how a business will run because there's things you just can't explain, and there's also politics and local news and things that are going on or in the environment, a drought or a flood that you know people who are in that area can relate to and understand. And yet, someone overseas, it's very hard to explain. We had a, tip, a really good example of someone asked to do some social media and put some cattle on on for the Dairy Australia, um, make some some media stuff. Anyway, it was. Um, they put beef cattle on, but it is a beef cattle, but they had no idea what was a beef cattle or was a dairy cattle. Like it's just simple yeah. little things yeah. like that that mm-hmm. any local would would know who worked in the industry. But it's it's really hard to explain that, you know, just yeah. little things, but they're huge because that could that would be totally wrong to have that presented as a as a dairy cattle for your business. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> as you can well, imagine. Yeah. I want to detour a little bit, if you don't mind. I, You said about caravanning. You stopped everything and you went caravanning with your family. I would love to know a little bit more about that because it seems to be a real trend at the moment of people doing this. And I want to know your experiences. What was it like? 
Would you do it again? Yeah. Tell me a few things about that. <laughs> That's very funny that you say that because we weren't just caravanning for a trip. We were caravanning to find a new place to live. So there was a lot of house hunting. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of could you live here? Could you live here? You walk into it's a very different way to look at the world when you were traveling as a tourist, like, oh, this is nice, this is nice to go. Could we live here? Yeah. <laughs> Quite a different perspective and, and a lot of real estate looking at houses and things as well. But yeah, loved it. Lo- loved it. But we so in the middle of COVID when everything stopped, we picked up our family, we were just we were so involved in the community, especially with volunteer work, as you would know, in small communities. It's it's a massive part of what you do. And everything stopped with COVID and we I was and I was really passionate about our kids' um education and being stuck like you crew, but being stuck um with this pause. We were just too busy and on the rat race to even like they were at the local high school as much as so as you know, in a lot of small towns, you're either at the local high school, which is the only school offered, or you're at boarding school away. There's sort of <laughs> no other alternative. Maybe you could do school of the air or from like work from school, homeschool, but that's not a very common thing that happened in our town anyway, um, depending on the remoteness, I guess. But yeah, I was just like, I hadn't been happy with how things had been going at the school, but there weren't other options. We'd just been through millennial droughts. We'd been through two floods. The budget wasn't there to send them to the boarding school. And I also, like you, wanted to be there when my kids grew up and be a part of their upbringing. So it was really strong. So that was the big impetus that got us into the caravan. And we sold our farm, which was just something we never even discussed before. Like it wasn't even an option. So it was quite remarkable to just pick up our family. We got a Chevy and a big fifth wheeler fit all of us in, we could all have our own little space and, and um, yeah, just set off. And we just did, given the COVID, rest- COVID restrictions with the state, when the Queensland borders opened, we headed north. So we were sort of looking at left, we did go right, we had no idea. But it didn't really matter because we had three months to before school started again, we had to find, we had, we had that objective of finding a new school for the kids and a new town to live in or place to live. So, yeah, but it was just that. Waking up in your same bed, but you open the window and the scenes changed. You know that idea that oh, everything's the same, but it's not. You know because you've yeah. got that beautiful comfort of having your own. You know when you're in motels and you're in something else's bed or there's a noisy something. Caravan parks are amazingly quiet. I always thought they'd be noisy places, but every time I stayed, and I was really surprised to find that out that people they go to bed and there's no parties and things like I was always thinking of people stay up late and there's only these thin walls and you wouldn't hear anyone but no they're all very considerate and everyone sort of and, they, and they're very chatty because it's a bit like everyone's on the road and they're happy to share, you have the shared barbecues and the shared uh, like amenities and things like that so mm. it's a very friendly atmosphere everywhere you go and everyone's got stories to tell so yeah it's a lovely experience and the kids my kids are chatty one of them in particular, and they just they'd come back and tell you they've got two girls who are here and they're from over there and they've just come back from there. I'm going fishing with such and such, by the way. And you go, who? Yeah. yeah. So it was great experience. So I've got something written here around this caravanning three-month holiday, and in inverted commas was it you used it as a reinvention of yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, well, that was the whole me trying to find a new career. <laughs> which was how the virtual career started. So, yeah, it was like 
once we decided that we were selling the farm and leaving, I had to find, because we, we were farmers and I'd been working for Landcare before that, and we had to find, uh, yeah, something to do financially because it was very bizarre to just be to, in a caravan. So that's where this whole idea of I needed something mobile. And I, I was thinking, I need to start a new business. I need to do something that I can take on the road. And and that ping in my mind when it happened was my time in Landcare when I was looking for the same sort of assistance that you two were, and um, I couldn't find anyone. Like, I really could not find anyone to help me. I was, and I was, I heard of this virtual assistant thing, and everything I looked up and Googled was offshore and online and all the promises of the world of what they could deliver. And yet I was working in very specific um, natural resource management and soil, soil um, regenerative agricultural field and, it was just, um, it just weren't people that could, you could explain it to. So I ended up just, it was quite a long, well, I spent quite a few weeks looking for this, someone who could help me out because I had a bit of extra funding to help, just had no time. And um, I ended up having to employ a local kid from the high school who was doing agriculture at the high school to help me because I just, it was just, but I went for this really deep, I need someone, wouldn't it be great to have someone who could do this? And, and my, my, my my researching came up dry so yeah mm. so that was when i was looking for something mobile that pinged like oh, wouldn't it be great if you could just get a virtual assistant who was australian rural woman you know <laughs> so how, did, how did that start how like you had the idea so then how did you bloom it from there so i was actually we spoke about the rural woman organization so it was through a a, a program they were running called the seed scheme which was the idea of Getting starting a seed of an idea and building it up and um, yeah so I, we were with a group and we had to pitch an idea um, and we put it into little groups or little, little pods and we actually had to come up with an idea and present it the next week and so that's where this sort of idea started and everyone who was on board loved it you know a little pod and we had to present it and we actually presented it to the CEO of the rural woman Rebel Black and she just thought it was great so she's been part of the mentoring for the program and we started off with four women involved to get it started, the virtual crewy. And slowly it's whittled down to oh, there's two of us, Emily Cinderberry and myself, the co-founders. And now I'm on my own, still persisting <laughs> to um I have a strong belief in it, but it's gonna it's 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 a required service. And I just really want I just think it provides so many options for both businesses and rural women and and they're things that people hadn't thought of before. Like it's just if I'd had this opportunity when I was out of work in this rural community, it would have been so perfect just to fill in or get a little bit of income or support rather than, yeah, I had to wait for a TAFE position to come up before I managed to get any work because you're just waiting for a job offer or some or some advertisement for a job. But this way you can actually be um, just, you can be take, take the initiative yourself and go out and, and say, well, these are the skills I want, I have, this is what I want to do, this is what I love to do. I can offer this as a service. Mm. So how do so how do people find out about the virtual QE? How do, how does someone become a lister of their services? So it's a it's a marketplace, a bit like I don't know, a lot of you might have heard of Freelancer or Fiverr, who, mm -hmm. who do have a sort of similar idea, it's international. So it's a similar thing to that. Or if you don't know those, maybe you know eBay, something like that. So it's a marketplace where you can both buy and sell. So 
as I said, it is two-sided. So you can post that you're looking for a VA for certain jobs, a job to do and maybe what your budget is and how many hours you've got to give them. Or you can alternatively as a VA say, I have this, I can have this skill and I can solve all these problems for you and this is my rate. So it's it's two ways to either go there and look for someone who might suit you and start a conversation or alternatively post your job request like you would a job um, for a virtual assistant and see if people respond to it. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does indeed. So what role? So the virtual cooey. Sorry, you asked me yeah. how they find it. They go to the virtual cooey. <laughs> so the virtual, the I R T U A L cooey, C O O E. And hence its name, <laughs> the call out. That's correct. Yes, yeah. the call out and oh, virtual. Right. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. That's a real rural thing to do. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, great. Much. I love it. And we'll, we will definitely have all the links on our page so you can go and find um, Dr. Libby and her virtual kiwi and possibly if you're if you're a VA listening to this or even if you're thinking about not starting that, if that's something that you've been interested in doing, you could definitely follow along and see how it all works. Or if you need, if you've got a job that you need to fulfill and you want a VA to do that work, that's where you go. So, okay, I didn't know that about you. So that's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So tell us, what does the role of technology play in all of this? Why is technology so valuable now in things like this that you're involved with? Donna Lee, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's been around before COVID, but I think COVID has made something like a Zoom meeting that we're on now so valuable because people all of a sudden, it's a bit more normalised now. So virtual assistant isn't new. That's probably been around about 20 years, I'd say. But as things like Zoom meetings have become more popular, I think people could, there's a huge resistance, you probably remember, to people. A lot of people have, especially women, put their hand up and say, can we work from home maybe one day a week or have a bit of flexible working hours in our jobs? And it was a very solid no. You have to be here. We have to see you sitting on your seat at your computer doing doing this job and we need to be able to look over your shoulder and make sure you're doing the right job. You know, all that trust. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> and problem. as you said, Prue, you just sit there and... Yeah. yeah, and you should sit there and drag your job out to last till five o'clock in the evening because it's, yeah, what you do as an employee as opposed to, um, yeah, trying to, trying to, this idea of having your own business means that you, you're going to, and this was my response earlier actually, as a business person, you want to have raving reviews, you want to have lots of customers, especially because it's flexible. VAs work on different ways. Some work on like a retainer where they'll do, like, as you said, with a contract, so many hours a month or so many hours a week, or it can be just one-off project work. And so it's just like I'll book you for 10 hours and when that runs out, we'll rebook another 10 hours, so depending mm-hmm. on what's happening. But, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a, it just means you've got that flexibility, so it makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. But people are going to work and they, if it's in their interest to get that work back, that they are going to um, do their best job for you and get it done in a smart amount of time because they want you to rave about them so they get more work or yeah. people re-employ you. So it's not guaranteed that you'll employ them again. So yeah. you have a rating system? Like- we have a positive negative. We don't have like the five stars of eBay, but we definitely have 
positive review system with feedback. So there's a comments are given to every person who works. So you get to find out like what they like to work with and that they met the brief or whatever it was that they were doing and how wonderful they are raving about them. Well, yeah, so there is definitely a review process that helps when you're looking for someone, how well they've worked in the past. Yeah. I would, I, would love to, I would love to know because so when did you start the virtual QE? Um, only just two years ago, not even quite two years ago now. Okay, great. So you're like in a real startup phase. And so yes. anybody that listens to this podcast and they've got an idea, like I want you to tell our listeners and us some of the like the some of the things that have come up that you weren't prepared for and the adversity and the hardships that you've overcome to keep going because two years on I'm I'm three years on in my business now and man it's tough being in small business it's tough trying to get something off the ground can be really difficult so I'd love to hear your point of view on yeah you know, what what's what's your journey been like yeah, it has it has been and we've reinvented and redone pricing and we've right presented webinars and included training and we started off actually our very first service was minute taking is that something that oh. most rural women are, are part of have <laughs> done a lot of minute taking that stuff and then we created the hub which is where you do the buying and selling of services and that made a huge difference and and the co-worker and, and my co-founder and I, but we don't really like doing minute taking we're offering a service why don't we do things that we like to do yeah, and outsource yeah. that stuff <laughs> so, yeah so we've definitely evolved and as you said as I said we started off with four and now we've ended up with one so it has been a journey and I think it's my um pure persistence and determination that um has just and I have the vision I think and that's what makes it really strong for me that's why I'm not ready to to give up yet I'm just like while I'm not not, not be getting the financially getting everything in my pocket I can see the potential and I can see the vision and I can see the need and I think that's what drives me oh definitely goodness. so and and yeah. just need to get the word out and get the marketing right and get all these things and I'm thinking but I can use virtual I've actually started using virtual assistants myself right. <laughs> which yeah. I'm hiring on my hub <laughs> So it's 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 like oh I've been I might talk the talk you know walk the talk that I've been telling everyone and it's amazing yeah so I've got people here to help you don't have to do it all on your own yeah. but that's a really good thing for a startup business to realise that yeah and and the virtual assistant idea is so good for the startup because you don't have the budget to employ an employee mm -hmm. but you you just need someone to help you design this website <laughs> and get this right or do some photo I don't know anything but they just need that little bit of help with something or someone to talk through strategy or there's yeah. so many different options where someone can just give you that aha now I know what I'm doing and even if it's just a sounding board like mm -hmm. that's that's another service that I offer because people people just have got everything in their head and it's all muddled and it's sometimes you could just make a mind map which we've also got all these tools online so yeah. there's amazing online collaborative tools now in terms of tech Donnelly yeah that we um that we didn't have that, or that people don't even know about. Maybe they were there, but it's just so easy now to mind map and to get a whiteboard out and scribble. We can all scribble on the same whiteboard at the same time and we can set up calendar appointments so we don't have to to and fro with setting appointments that can all be automated. There's so many automations with the tech yeah. that we can put all this stuff into place and it's actually easy and, and make it really easy. Someone books their time in the calendar and you know that they're there, the Zoom link's there. 
everything's organized so yeah it's great all these options thank you i but i yeah what i'm getting that i can feel your energy like and i'm also (laughs) in this same energy because i had this post-it note on my (laughs) on my computer screen here that says nobody even knows who i am yet and that makes me excited because it's like right when people find out who i am it's going to be it's going to go off like a frog in a sock <laughs> yes so it's and like okay, great. let's yeah. solve for that let's all i've got to do is get out and meet people and just like you like i hold that vision i'm like oh i just know what's there and what's po- what's possible and so being in groups like this it's like almost like reaching our hand out to you going great let's like pull each other up and you, you promote each other cross promote get excited about each other's businesses and just support each other which is exactly why we have this podcast to support you know other women and people doing hard things and yeah but can see the greater vision of what's at the end once it's achieved so that makes me really excited to hear your excitement about that (laughs) and yes it's freaking hard it's hard you know you've got to go through 50 iterations of something before you actually find the thing and then you think you find the thing and then all of a sudden it's changed again you're like okay let's go what's what's next so yeah that's exciting definitely and you're you're so right yeah that finding that ex- that excitement is what gets you going and, and knowing that there's a, a purpose and i have a larger calling a bigger calling which is actually that if we have all these really great intelligent women working in the bush we're going to have really great farming systems in the bush we won't be full of monocultures of you know superannuation schemes buying up tracks of olive farms or almond trees to make profit only we're going to start having much better as you probably saw from my bio I'm really greeny like love the environmental stuff and just so much can see that that there's there's a a different way to look at things and there's a theme there's a feminine energy that is a very nurturing energy Mm -hmm. and no woman on there is going to let someone spray chemicals all over their farms and when they've got little kids and babies around like this just that it's not about profit it's about taking care of things and if we've got all these fantastic women working and thriving and valued in these rural and regional areas then we're going to have amazing landscape and amazing environment too Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that follows on through their children and farming from what I've seen, farming has changed its perspective. You know, there's lots more people that are, you know, caring for the land, looking after how they can get through droughts and through and use the the, the times that the weather is much better. There's a lot more of that awareness around and it's long term. It has a long term effect not just in Australia, but all over the world. So it is great to hear your passion. What I want to ask a question, what advice would you give our listeners today um, in listening to your talk and um, talking about, you know, your inspirational, um, what I can see, your inspirational diverse range of roles and expertise. I mean, that just hasn't fallen in your lap. And, you know, it's through life experience, one thing after another, that you gather like a a tumbleweed bush, isn't it? You know, you gather that information. So what advice would you give people, all kinds of people that are listening to our podcast today that might have a little idea in their head and haven't taken it any further? Because, you know, I know that you've travelled with a lot of 
trials and tribulations as well. You know, sitting here seeing this very smiley, happy, passionate lady, I also know that it's not been an easy path either. Yeah, it isn't. I, I think that's another thing, expecting it to be an easy path, drop your day job one day and be a fully booked virtual assistant the next day is not going to happen. And so, but that's another beauty of if, like, say you were considering taking some sort of roles or, you, you know, you're pregnant and you've got a, your 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 um role full time role going there's there's a there's a it's the perfect avenue to put you into some sort of part time or casual work because you can actually um start slowly you could do a few hours after work after work in the evenings or on the weekends and just get slowly get things set up and we have um there's training to do this and I'm collaborating with a fantastic trainer that called the CVA and they and Amy Dawn, she makes incredible, um, she makes all this possible. So, and, and I just love, I'm actually working with her to create some 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 training links through the hub so that we have this great collaboration. So VAs who are trained and learn how to start from absolutely scratch, how to get their ABN, how to, just, just how to start a business, how to find your service offerings, how to price them, all those really basic things you need to know as a VA and then, come in and have a platform where you can sell your services and just yeah it's just a lovely a lovely space and there's and then there's lots of tools and techniques and and learning along the way which is more where I fit in like how do you use these tools how do you collaborate with someone how do you set up a project online how do you do all these other things you know there's, there's just so much learning along the way and as a lifelong learner <laughs> I just, yeah, there's always, there's, it's, there's so much growth. As you know, Prue, I'm sure Tanya as well, there's just growth. And definitely Donna Lee does in, in, in doing anything on your own. Just expand, 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 because you're stepping out of your comfort zone all the time and that's where growth is. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think collaboration is a big part of, you know, moving forward too. And the more that you get support or ask questions, that's what I've noticed through our soul sister conversations um, through the rural woman, through digital mavens, through um, other organisations that I'm in is co collaboration and support of each other, especially women, no offence to guys, but women are powerhouses in connection. And what I love about what I see is that we are less, we seem to be less worried about what other people think and attracting more people that think like ourselves to create that connection and there isn't this um well this is what i feel anyway in the in the organizations is it's not about it's not always about being the best or being the making of the most money it's about what we can do for each other helping each other grow and that's what i love about the collaboration, the connection, it doesn't matter whether we're rural, city, whatever, yeah. once you connect, women are powerhouses for that. Mm -hmm. And cheering each other on and being having a, t a team that was actually cares, it's not just you on your own, and that's what it can feel like, whether you're rural or even the city. If you're starting a business, even if you are in the city, it's very isolating. You're not going into the office and standing around the water cooler anymore having those chats. You've got to be the one that steps out and starts all those conversations. But that, um, I think I heard one of you talking about the um, 
the business groups, the networking business groups, and that sort of thing is great, I think. so. And, and there's a lot of online ones too. So there's physical ones in local areas, but there's also the opportunity to be online and talk to other business groups and, and, yeah. and having like the, the rural woman is one like that where we can just, we see each other regularly to a point that you're like, I can't believe I haven't met you in person because I yeah. know so much about you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bit like a lot of my clients. Yeah, and there's someone... Like, I just want to tell you that, and Tanya, you know this about me <laughs> and Donnelly also, but I I didn't want to do any of that. I just wanted to do everything by myself. Like, I'm, the, I'm a true introvert, just loved my own space, my own company, and then realised, oh, actually, I can't do this by myself. It's actually impossible to do this by myself. And so forcing myself to go to these networking events was not comfortable like it's not something that I was like yay I can't wait to go and walking into a room full of people I don't know it's like no this is like pure torture for me and it has I'm reaping the benefits of it for my like for myself my own personal growth my business growth so we need to if you want a different result we have to do things differently and So me staying at home is not the ideal way to meet people. So I'm still forcing myself to go to these things, you know, every week or every fortnight and getting out there. So if someone is listening to this saying, oh, yeah, it's all well and good if you're an extrovert and you can walk into rooms and feel comfortable, uh uh-uh, no, (laughs) I was not that. Tanya's not that. You know, we all feel some sort of level of uncomfortable walking into these rooms. Yeah, even even the extroverts, even the extroverts have uncomfortability. Yes, and so yeah, don't don't dismiss yourself if you're thinking, well, that's just not me. I can't do that. Yeah, it's like, well, if you want a different result, you need to do something differently, which means yeah, connecting and collaborating with people, talking with people, (laughs) like learning how to be yourself in in amongst people. Yeah, it's a really important piece. And we all have the capacity, we all actually have the capacity to flourish and grow. It's our limiting beliefs a lot of the time that prevents us from taking those chances or those risks or asking or reaching out. So, you know, I know that that was a big part of Libby's, you know, reason for being here today is to, you know, reminding reminding us all of our individual powers of growth and and being uncomfortable is okay. Mm. And yeah. What and about you, Tan? Yeah. Yep. All of the above. <laughs> and using your geographical location as an excuse not to do these things, it's bullshit. We're all connected yeah. now. Technology has connected us. And so, yeah, we, we can't use that excuse anymore. <laughs> What's the chances I'd be sitting in a room with, even if it is a Zoom room, with three women from Broken Hill? Exactly. <laughs> I'm in Harvey Bay. You're in Harvey Bay. It doesn't happen. But exactly. Tanya, yeah. you have to go to Harvey Bay. You were thinking about moving up there. Yeah, that's all. Oh, I was going to ask you that later. How <laughs> you like it there? It's on. It's on my list. It's one of the places on my list. <laughs> we might keep having this conversation after we press hit uh, stop on the recording, and yeah, but sure. I think. Is there any lasting words that you'd like to leave our listeners? 
no, but with that networking thing that you just said, it's it, the beauty of a networking thing is people actually there to talk and as uncomfortable as they're all in the same situation as you feeling uncomfortable with a room full of strangers, but everyone's there to find out about each other's businesses and to, to hopefully find some connections. So it's actually there's a comfort in that because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not like going to play play group and trying to start a conversation with a mum about your business you know it's actually you're all there talking about businesses so what do you do oh you could help me do this and what about you could you help me do this it's like yes there is that want to collaborate so that's beautiful yeah. yes good yeah point. and then when and when people get stuck too it's a great place you know there's been many women that have turned up to those collaborative meetings that uh, didn't want to show up on the day and were uncomfortable and were worried that they hadn't done enough homework or whatever. And and the support in those environments is incredible to get people through different stages because we all travel them. Yeah, yeah. and mentoring people, knowing people have a problem that you've already solved. You're like, oh, yeah, I did that. It was easy. In the end, after I was exactly where you were, <laughs> this is what I did. Might not work for you, but here's an option, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a great conversation. Thanks for thanks for coming on and letting us just like free fall into this conversation. It's been lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's lovely. Yeah. So as I said, we're, we're looking to expand and we're looking to spread the word. So if anyone is looking for some support in their business or thinks that they've got some amazing skills that they would could put do online and offer as a service, just look into that as an option. Definitely. Great. And we'll definitely link Libby to yeah to you by our Facebook group and in our show notes. So check it out. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for being part of this Soul Sister conversation. It would mean the world to us if you like and share this podcast with your own Soul Sisters. Follow the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you are so inspired, leave a review. All suggestions and questions are welcome and you can drop them in the Facebook group. Thank you, beautiful souls.